Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You, episode 99. We are one away from celebrating 100. This is such a rare and exciting occasion and I am so excited to be sharing it with you, including fun, engaging ways that you can be a part of celebrating Still With You. Myself and a few friends have been working on a secret project and I cannot wait to share that with you soon. Today, joining us to celebrate this sweet occasion is my friend Jacqueline Robinson, owner and founder of Mobe Beignet Company. Beautiful historic buildings and shops line downtown Mobile, Alabama, a city known for hosting the oldest Mardi Gras celebrations in the country. But there's an address that downtown locals love knowing by heart. 451 Dauphin Street, home to Mobe Beignet Company. Owned and founded by Jacqueline Robinson, her business is dedicated to making Mobile sweeter, one homemade beignet at a time. While every batch is made from scratch, covered in powdered sugar, and served with a side of buttercream syrup, Jacqueline's very own recipe, it's so much more than a beloved shoe pastry treat that guests are drawn to. Mobe Beignet's story has many meaningful layers and began with God God's voice when he asked Jacqueline to trust his plans over hers. From jazzy prayers to a faded bumper sticker, Facebook fundraisers to a brick and mortar building, Jacqueline has watched God pour out his favor over Mobe Beignet Company. His hands have been in every detail of her story, and she and her team love giving him all of the glory. Before Jacqueline and I jump into conversation, I do share this, and I'm going to share it again. I would love it if you would take time as you're listening to really soak in every single detail of the story that Jacqueline is getting ready to share of how God worked in her life and called her to lead Mobe Beignet Company. There are several unexpected twists and turns in this story that will keep you on your toes. And I hope with this conversation that it presents an opportunity for you to just sit back, kick up your feet, maybe grab a cafe au lait and a bag of hot beignets. Let the story sink into your heart because what God did through Jacqueline and her company rescuing her and giving her purpose is what he can also do for you and I am so honored to know her and to have had this opportunity to speak with her on the podcast with a joyful heart please welcome to still with you my friend who is making America sweeter owner and founder of Mobe Beignet company Jacqueline Robinson Thanks for making the trip over to Picola. Like, that is so kind of you. I was very thankful for the drive to get that undistracted time with the Lord, put on some worship, and just talk to Him. Uh-huh. So full of gratitude and just in awe of what He's done and what He's doing. And uh, just the vision that He's cast before me of what's to come for my Baby Company. I'm just so thankful. You've had some really big moments that have felt like they've almost like lined up back to back, which we're going to talk about. You probably needed those moments to be like, wow, look what the Lord has done and is doing. Our story of how we connected was last December. You know this already, but I'm going to share it. But like last December, my brother came down to visit us before we went on like Christmas break and mm-hmm. visited family in Missouri. But we came down for a few days and we spent a day in Mobile and a friend of ours was like, you have to go to Mobay beignet company and I had been to Mobile a few times Mm -hmm. and like driven by but like it was not the right time to just like go and hang and drink coffee and eat some beignets we went and it was the first beignet that like I'd ever had I'm from the Midwest our friends know this I'm from the Midwest Mm -hmm. it was the first one I've ever had 
so delicious, so much fun. Felt like it was the coolest experience, especially because my brother actually just got back from Afghanistan like the past year. So this was like our first Christmas season we'd had like since he'd been back home. And so that was just so sweet. Had a Bengay, had the absolute best time. Took a bunch of photos of of the shop. And I was like, I have to know the backstory of this shop. Like, I just feel like there's more. And I got to hunting and listening to some other podcasts that you've been on. And oh my gosh, I feel like I literally like uncovered like a treasure trove. Like I had no idea, but I'm so glad the Lord led me on this. I am too. I am too. And I love to hear that, that you uncovered a treasure trove because that honestly is what it feels like to me. Yeah. It feels like just this hidden treasure that has been discovered. It's in the story. So when I say friends, please just pause like seriously I want them to soak in every single detail and then I want them to go visit obviously (laughs) absolutely come visit the one in Mobile you know flagship cafe or now the one that's in Auburn or you know hey maybe if they want to make their community sweeter maybe they get in touch with me to putting a Mobile company in their hometown all right we're gonna dig in and I've already told you this like thank you so much for repeatedly like bringing this story to still with you because I know you've probably shared it many times I love sharing it I love sharing it I'll never get tired of sharing it Mm -hmm. because I never want to forget what the Lord's done wow well that's a gift in itself you grew up in Huntsville, right? Yes, the Huntsville area. Yeah, okay. like Meridianville, just right outside of Huntsville. But I say Huntsville because if you say Meridianville, you know, people go, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> but like Meridianville, Hazel Green, that area, Tony, mm-hmm. a Sparkman High School grad. So, uh, but yeah, Huntsville area, that's where I grew up. And then I went off to college in Cleveland, Tennessee. I attended Lee University. I lived in Nashville very briefly. I did an internship with Sony Music up in Nashville. And I actually thought that after I graduated from college, that I would uh, go back to Nashville and move there because yeah. that's, I got my degree in communications with an emphasis in PR and marketing. And uh, I believed that I was going to pursue PR and marketing in the Christian music industry. That was my CCM. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I was looking at a few different le- record labels and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. after having done the internship with Sony, I just had some promising opportunities. I was a December grad. I graduated in December 2001. Okay. And then uh, in January 2002... My brother was in a really bad accident. He was living in the Cayman Islands at the time. I believe it was his 23rd birthday. He was in an accident and ended up losing his right leg. Oh, my and, goodness. Um, it was pretty, yeah, it was very traumatic, you know, and um, both of my parents worked full-time jobs, and me having just graduated from college, I felt the need to stay home, to stay close to home. And even though Huntsville and Nashville aren't that far apart, uh-huh. it's still a big difference, you know, when you now have... You know, a brother. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's, you know, rehab and yes. Yeah. I ended up doing that. So I stayed in Huntsville and uh, took the job as a a marketing coordinator for a hospital, Christwood Medical Center. And then after that became the marketing director for a group of orthopedic surgeons in Huntsville called Mm. Sports Med. Were you disappointed that you left the music industry? Because those feel drastically different. They are drastically different. What's ironic is, you know, I was pursuing that I wanted that because I have such a heart for music. I'm, I'm a firm believer that music is not just a form of entertainment. Oh, you know, yeah. music is a state of mind. 
and mm-hmm. what we choose to listen to, to feed our hearts and our mind, our soul with, um, that will be the direction of our thoughts. And I'm a big believer in music and the power of music. Oh, and you are speaking my language. We have a ton yes. of artist friends on here all mm-hmm. the time. That is absolutely it what is. we talk about a lot. I yeah. feel very real. I feel very strongly about it. I always mm-hmm. have. And that was what was pulling me toward the marketing side of music mm-hmm. because not being a singer myself or you know musically inclined myself, I'm really good at the other side of things, mm-hmm. the business side of things. And so I was going that direction. So I held out hope I was going to get back there someday. It was interesting. So as a senior in college, I had to have two internships opportunities. I had to have, you know, two credits. Yeah. And um, so I'd done the Sony one, the one I wanted in Nashville. And then it was my last semester of my senior year. And my advisor said, hey, you've got to have one more internship. Um, and opportunities come open at Bradley Memorial Hospital here in Cleveland. You know, you want to take that one. I was like, well, I've got to do something. So I'll mm-hmm. do that. So when I was in Huntsville, after my brother had come back and, and the opportunity came open, it was like a knee-jerk thing. Like, oh, the next phase of my life is... I have to get a full-time job. So I interviewed for the job at the hospital, and I got it because I'd done that internship. I had the Mm -hmm. experience. It was a snowball. Then it went on to the group of orthopedic surgeons hired me to do marketing, you know, for for their group. You know, you look up, and you are going, who am I? What am I doing? This is nowhere in line with what I Mm -hmm. wanted. Yeah. Or what I thought I was going to be doing. Then it was December 2004. The man who had been the CFO of the hospital that I'd worked at in Huntsville, Crestwood, he had moved to Mobile to be the CEO of a new healthcare staffing company. Okay. Out of the blue, December 04, he asks me if I would like to move to Mobile and be his VP of marketing and business development. I told him no. Just because of the job or the area? I had been in a relationship with the same guy from all through high school, all through college. It was one of those, he was all I'd ever known, break up, get back together, Mm -hmm. the the drama of it all, high school, college relationship. Yeah. And we actually got married. A couple of months before the wedding, I'd gone to my dad and I was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can marry him. Oh, wow. I'll leave some parts of the story out, but... The wedding went on. I moved forward with a mentality that wasn't a healthy one of, you know, hey, yeah. if this isn't going to work out, then we'll, we'll just see how it goes. We always break up and get back together. If I call this wedding off now, hmm. we're just going to get back together. I, I went forward with a very unhealthy mentality, which didn't really align with my values and my beliefs yeah. at all. It was a very stressful, strenuous time in my life. It's really a blur because the Lord has so healed me from that that it feels like a different life. It feels like a story about somebody else's life when I tell it because I don't feel any sort of emotional attachment to it because the Lord has so healed me from it. So I think we were married maybe six months and then separated. When I got this call in December 04, I had just bought myself a home. My whole identity had been wrapped in this one person. Mm-hmm. And now that that was over, it was just me and the Lord. And I was spending my days, my nights pursuing Him in mm-hmm. the Word, in prayer, in worship. I would leave my office and I would go find... This is gonna, you're going to think I'm crazy. I would go find um, churches... And I would like look for doors that were unlocked and go oh, and, and wow. go find places to pray. You that you said you were hungry. And I was so kind of hungry desperate. and I was so searching and crying out for the Lord to just take my life and use it. I always had just this deep sense, this deep knowing that He had something for me, hmm. that there was a purpose. I would find dead end streets 
where there was nothing, nobody around, just these dead in the streets. And I would go, I would just get out and I would just put my face down on the pavement and just cry out to God. Just so hungry to just see his hand in my life. I haven't thought about that one in a while. <laughs> but um, when this man reached out to me, it didn't line up in my mind with what I'd been asking God for. It was, you know, oh, VP of Marketing and Business Development. Great title, great pay, all of these things. But I was not looking to climb the corporate ladder of success. Yeah. That's not what my heart was crying out for. And so I said no. But then in January 1st, 2005, I was standing in the middle of a worship service in Huntsville at a church that I'd never been to before, but um, they had a, a well-known worship leader named Lyndall Cooley coming in town. And uh, I went to the worship service, and I was standing there in the middle of worship. The only way I know how to describe it is it was like a download from heaven. In a millisecond, I knew, like deep in my knower, <laughs> like I knew in my spirit, I'm in Mobile. That's where my purpose is. It's where I'm supposed to be. Wow. Like that. And I remember my hands just dropping. I remember it was an experience unlike anything I'd ever had before. Finished out the service. I went out to my car and I had a missed call on my cell phone from one of my roommates my freshman year of college. And she lives in Mobile and um, her husband's a pastor there. And out of the blue, I get this call from her and she says, I think you should move to Mobile. Uh, there's so many of these moments that are coming. I know, that, that are coming. There, there's a lot to these. We got so a lot in the hopper, Get Jacqueline. your popcorn. <laughs> you may have to make this a two-part series. So uh, I'm like, what in the world? So I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, clearly, there's something to this. Wow. So I remember calling him back um, and saying, okay, listen, one of my college roommates is having a baby. And this isn't the one who called me. So there are two girls. Okay. Kim and Jessica. They'll shout out to you. <laughs> um, they were my roommates my freshman year in college, just one semester, uh-huh. because they moved back to Mobile to get married. Okay. Kim's the one who called me. Jessica's the one who was about to have a baby. And I called him back, and I said, listen, one of my college roommates lives in Mobile. She's about to have a baby. I'm going to come down. I'm going to visit her. I'll meet with you while I'm there, if you're serious. I will be honest. I was not excited about a move, the idea of a move. To yeah, Mobile. and that's a stretch for friends who don't know Alabama. Like, that's from one corner yes. north all the way down south to the water. And not just opposite ends of the state. Almost like entirely different cultures. I would imagine so, yeah. Very different. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. North Alabamians and South Alabamians. Not that one is better than the other. Just different. Yeah. He did. He wanted to meet with me. And so, uh, you know, on the drive down, I remember talking to the Lord and saying, okay, God, like this makes no sense. A, I just bought a house. Mm-hmm. It's been two months. How am I supposed to float a lead, you know, a house note, a house payment up in North Alabama and live in South Alabama and pay for a house there too. Like, how are you planning to work this out if this is you? And I I need some signs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, for me to know that this is you. And I asked him to not just give me peace about it, but a joy. I get there, and the first person I meet up with is Kim, the one who had called me. And the first words out of her mouth are, you know, our church has got a parsonage behind it that we're having, like, do some renovations and stuff done on it. You can stay there for free as long as you want to. Nobody lives there. You can ah! stay there for free as long as you want um, until your house sells in Huntsville. Okay, God, I hear that. Check. It was one thing after another as I was there uh-huh. over those couple of days that every prayer I prayed that the Lord answered. And on my way back to Huntsville, I didn't just have a peace. I had a joy. I wow. had a joy. I had an excitement about it, which was surprising because 
there wasn't anything drawing me to Mobile just on in the natural sense. I do love being close to the yeah. water, but I mean, you're still easily a 45 minute drive to a beach. Yes. Dolphin Island being the closest. Yep. So it wasn't like I was going to live on the beach. You know, I was thrilled that Jessica and Kim lived there, but they were really my only connection. February 2005, um, made camp. Is that where you like met your husband, like in your family? Like- so um, another wonderful part of this story. The real reason I truly believe that I know, ultimately the reason God called me to Mobile. The job was a vessel yeah. that the Lord used Yeah, I was wondering how long did that last? Not long at all. I hated it. I bucked it really bad because it wasn't what my heart had been crying out for. Um, on all the time, the hours I'd been spending with the Lord and just, you know, knowing that there was something. So I bucked it bad. You know, my old job in Huntsville offered me my job back with more pay. And my house still had not sold. Uh-huh. Um, I interviewed with Karen Wheaton at the ramp three times to go and be her marketing director. And every time she'd make me an offer, like she would she would bump the offer up. Wow. And I kept having to say no. And it wasn't because I wanted to say no. Every time I went and interviewed for a job in Nashville, I was burning the roads and the phones trying to find a way out of Mobile. Uh-huh. But constantly remaining in a place of surrender to the Lord going, I want out but not what I want, what you want. Right. It was, I was in that, that pull back and forth of, I'm not happy. I don't want this. I'm fighting against it, but I'm going to remain surrendered to you, Lord. Not my will, but yours. If this is what you want, I'll stay. It was in that. And that's like Jacob wrestling. Like literally. (laughs) Thank you for that description because that fits it perfectly. It was absolutely a wrestling with the Lord. And every time I tried to leave or I wanted to accept a position somewhere, a position that I I thought was perfect, a position uh-huh. I thought fit the bill, I would have this turning in my stomach, like mm. literally a physical reaction. Wow. Like you cannot leave Mobile. This mm. is where you're supposed to be. May 2005, the Lord spoke to me about my future and I met who is now my husband. He was a widow and his wife died at the age of 30. And seven weeks after their fourth child was born, left behind a six-year-old. Kate was just about to be four. Uh, She died, I think, uh, just under two weeks before Kate's fourth birthday. And then Bailey was two. And Connor was seven weeks old when she died. I was on a prayer walk one day. And I remember the Lord telling me to sit down. And all I remember hearing was that I was going to be in their future. But nowhere in my natural mind Mm -hmm. did I connect that with marriage, family, mother, any of that. Right. Did you just think you'd be mentor or something? I, in that moment, my own, like I heard it in my spirit that I was going to be in their future. And in my own human reasoning, it was like, yes, Lord, I'm here. (laughs) I'm, I'm single. I have no children. I have a career. I work for a living. I can buy groceries. Yeah. I can babysit. I can shuttle. In my mind, the Lord's going to have me help them. Mm. Not thinking that's why I'm in Mobile or that was it. But as if the Lord was speaking to me that he wanted me to help. Yeah. My friend Jessica, Mm. the one who had the baby, Maddie Reese, Jessica's husband Brandon had begun spending time with Bill after his first wife passed and all and just being there for him and that sort of thing. And I remember Brandon sitting me down. This was about a week after I'd been on my prayer walk mm-hmm. with the Lord. And um, I remember Brandon saying, hey, 
something weird happened. I don't know what you're going to think about this, but he said, Bill came to me and he was asking me about you. (laughs) And he said the Lord had healed him. That like he woke up one morning and the Lord had turned his head and that he had turned it towards you. And he wanted to know what you would think if he approached you about just just talking. That's so respectful. Oh my gosh. Where is this woe? And it's like all of a sudden me remember what the Lord had said yes. to me on my prayer walk. And then this. And I went. And it's like instantly in that moment I know something's happening. What's funny is a few weeks before that I had been. Um, I had traveled with Jessica's sister up to Huntsville to come to a Jeremy Camp concert. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we traveled here. And I remember on that drive talking to her and saying, I don't think I'm ever going to get married again. Oh, wow. I am so content in my relationship with the Lord. Like, I'm so in love with Jesus. Yeah. And I'm just so fulfilled. I don't think I'm ever going to get married again. And to just be in that place where yeah. I wanted for nothing and the scripture that comes to my mind with that is, you know, to seek ye first the kingdom yeah. and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And yeah. it was truly, it, it's like that culmination of this moment where for the first time in my life, I wanted nothing but the Lord. Hmm. And then it was like, he went, boom, he set me on the path for where all of these things were being added unto me that he was bringing in his way, in his timing, not mine. And I remember Bill walking up to me and Bill's first words out of his mouth were, have you heard from the Lord on this? Oh my gosh. The first words. And when I tell people that, they're like, what? That's so weird. That's the first thing he said to you? I'm like, actually it was. And, uh, but you also have to think, you know, here's a man who's uh, 38 I get, uh-huh. No, wait, 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 wait. How old oh, is I he? just 35. love his bold obedience, though. Yeah, like 35, maybe. And he's got four kids under the age of seven. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, to hear him talk, he's like, I would have thought I'd been single the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. He said, who's going to want me? Aww. Who's going to want a man wow. with four kids? And then me, I wasn't even looking for anybody, period. Kids yeah. are not like, I was so like, I'm in love with Jesus. I'm, I'm content with singlehood. Like, this mm-hmm. is it. But I remember him saying that, and instantly I knew what he was talking about Mm. because the Lord had spoken to me. But I had not ever in my life thought this. But the Lord had other plans, and... um, I'm so glad that the Lord prepared you guys for that. You know, like, that way you didn't have to, like, get anything out of the way. It was like, like, here's the table, like, Honestly, it was like an arranged marriage by Holy Spirit. (laughs) Come on. That's That's so good. That's so what it felt like, you know? And, yeah, the Lord blessed me. He blessed me with a husband. He blessed me with four children. We had one by birth, you know, together by birth. Yeah, one together. And um, Cole, he's the baby. Mm -hmm. So he's 14 now. Three girls, two boys. It's, I've seen um, a picture of your family. Your family is beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Seriously. My heart honestly goes out to adoptive parents, adoptive mothers. The transitions there, the uh, the emotions, the trials, extended family members, how that plays into the role of you now as the adoptive parent and uh, the relationships there. Um, the struggles later in life as the older ones grow, yeah, you know, and then you know, the girls are now about to be 22, one about to be 20 and 18. You know, the reality of it is, you know, we're really, really going through it. It's a journey. These are chapters in a book, which is what we have to remember that they're chapters. Yeah. And these chapters close and new chapters open later. And uh, you never stop in the middle of a book. 
But the truth is, God wins, yep. and love wins, and in the end, right. truth and truth wins. Yep. When you ask God to write your story, don't expect it to be all rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. He's going to take you through some things yeah. because ultimately, it is about the journey, and it's about it's about changing you. That's and right. Growing you mm-hmm. through those things. Photography comes into this. Mm-hmm. Like I know that you um, have a gift with capturing moments. In college, I did get my degree in communications yeah. with the emphasis in PR and marketing, and I had to have electives, and I I chose photography. I'd always had an interest in it, mm-hmm. but it was pre digital. I mean, we're talking dark room. Like I was oh, developing wow. my own film, and when I graduated, is around the time. So I'm probably revealing my age. It's around the time that digital came on the scene mm-hmm. and everything became about Photoshop and, yeah. you know, manipulating images digitally. I started my career, but a friend of a friend was getting married. She had zero budget. Um, hey, will you take pictures at my wedding? And I was like, you're crazy. These are your wedding pictures. She's just like, no, I can't afford to buy anybody. I've seen some of the pictures you've done of just other things. Will you shoot my wedding? I was like, okay, it's free. Okay, I'll do it for free. And so I did, and she liked them. And then her sister got married a year later. I charged her 250 bucks, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do yours too. It picked up in Huntsville a little bit, Mm -hmm. picking up some little jobs here and there, but it was once I moved to Mobile when Bill came in the picture and me being a mom, Mm -hmm. becoming an instant mom to four babies. When that happened, I started really looking into photography more mm-hmm. as like, hey, this is something I'm really good at. I think I'm going to go do like a wedding show. Mm-hmm. I was interested in maybe pursuing weddings more. It snowballed. And the next thing you knew, I was shooting 30 weddings a year, traveling. My husband actually joined me. He had a great eye. He had a really, really great eye. Mm. I remember I took him with me to a wedding and put a camera in his hand. And then I was looking at his pictures like, man, some of his pictures are better than mine. Oh, so you guys became like pairs. For almost five years, we were a husband and wife wedding photography team. That's awesome. We traveled. I've shot weddings in La Jolla, California, Temecula, California. I've been up to Casper, Wyoming, engagement sessions in New York, obviously tons in Alabama and on the coast. But it was one of those things that I knew that I knew that I knew. I'm good at this. It's a talent God's given me, and it is something he's given me as a source of provision. But this is not ultimately Hmm. what God has for me or what I'm going to be doing long term. Like I knew it was a season, but it was a long season. And a successful one too from what it sounds like. Yeah, which is interesting of like that you'd think that if it's doing well and like to use your words like in the natural, like I mean you'd think be like, this has gotta be it. Like great if I'm thriving in it and it's successful and I'm good at but in my heart I knew this isn't what God's called me to do. It's what he has for me to do right now. Yeah. But it's not ultimately what I will be doing long term. I just knew it. Well, let me ask you this. Are you baking at the same time? Because I like I don't even know. And this is something that like <laughs> I feel like Marcus didn't even ask. Is like, uh, where did you learn to make beignets? Self-taught in my kitchen at my house. You know how mamas will just make some cookies for their kids. Yeah, but not beignets. Did you travel to New Orleans? How did you even develop the taste for it? Like, when did you try your first one? Well, I had had my first beignet, like most people, at, you know, the infamous Café du Monde. Yeah, Café du Monde. In mm-hmm. New Orleans. But it had been years since I'd been there. I just remember being in my kitchen and wanting to make some myself. Looking up a recipe, but not 
liking how it turned out. Uh-huh. And then I remember looking at all different kinds of beignet recipes, thinking, well, I would like this, or I would like that, or I bet if we added this. And I remember just playing around, doing some interesting twists here and there to go, hmm, I bet this would give the texture. I bet, ooh, this would, playing around and making them and just being like, yeah, these are really good. But never once in my mind did I have the idea or desire to have a beignet company. Right. Like it just never occurred to me. And you started making them when you came to Mobile, right? Like yes, for your kids. Was in okay, Mobile. for your kids. Yeah, okay. Here in Mobile. All right. Yeah. Did your mom bake? Like, is there any like history? My mother is an excellent cook. You know, the Southern style home cooking, you know, a meat and three sides and a, and a, and a roll and sweet tea. Like my mom can cook, but she wasn't necessarily a pastry chef or nothing okay. like that. So there's no history. There's no family like yeah. background with like, you know, Makes being, all the more interesting and magical honestly it really does and you know what I love about that is God gets all the glory 100% I didn't go to culinary school there's nothing but it's just a 100% God story I remember I guess it was probably about six years ago roughly at this point standing in my kitchen and I would make these awesome like cinnamon syrups buttercream syrups for pancakes or biscuits or whatever. And I remember standing in my kitchen at my stove, making the syrup and thinking in that moment, I bet this syrup would go really great with my beignets. Download from heaven, much like the one when January 1st, 2005, when the Lord spoke to me about Mobile. Uh Out of the blue, I'm standing there and I have this name, Mobile Beignet Company, drop in my head. Did you write it down? No, but I said it out loud about three times. Like, (laughs) Mobile Beignet Company. Yeah. It was just the name. Uh And as the years went by, it never left me. This name that was constantly on the back burner of my brain. But it would be like, you know, a few times a year. It'd pop up out of nowhere. I'd be driving. My baby gay company. (laughs) Like, it was popping out of nowhere. What is this? I wasn't thinking about it. Fast forward to the year 2019. Now it's annoying. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like it is popping up more and more frequently. That year was um, another hard year um, with our girls. One of them had taken us through an incredibly difficult time, and uh, we had gotten her some help. And anyway, she got to a place where it seemed like she'd kind of gotten some breakthrough, and uh, she had made a decision. She was about to graduate from high school, and she decided she wanted to go to Bethel School of Worship out in Redding, California. Yeah, I love that. I remember saying, we'll find a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. In three days, I had plane tickets booked, an Airbnb booked. You're such a good mom. (laughs) I don't know if the girls think so right now, but I've definitely strived to be the best mom I can possibly be for them. Yeah, but that trip, I know, was so special. It was incredible. And so, yeah, three days, spontaneous. Just like, let's get out there. Let's let her see it. And letting her see, there's a whole big world out there, baby. It ain't just Mobile, Alabama. (laughs) And so we get out there and my friend Meredith, dear, dear friend of mine, she had us meet up with Shane and his wife. I believe there were teachers there at Bethel. And we went to their home. While we were there, him and his wife prayed for me. And they had me pull out my recorder on my phone. So I did. I pulled out the recorder on my phone and I pushed record. And they said a lot. And I am so thankful 
that I have the recording because what they said very much comes into play mm. with Mobay. So he said, I see you. I, you're entering a new season. It's a jazzy season. That's amazing. It is. And um, he said, so it's got like a jazzy feel. He said, I see a ship, like a big ship, like it's being commissioned and a bottle of wine is being broken over the ship. His wife said, I see you running. You've been walking, but she said, I see you running. And it's just like all good days. You're just... And he said, and then he's like, he paused and he came back and he said, he said, I'm seeing a lot of numbers and I'm hearing the word math and I'm hearing the phrase, it doesn't add up. He said, I feel like I'm supposed to encourage you that if something doesn't add up, you need to move forward. I was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Hold it, hold it with an open palm before the Lord like you do. Yeah. My own human reasoning Uh is well, we're going to try to send her to Bethel. I don't know how expensive it's going to be. We're probably going to be crunching numbers, figuring out how to pay tuition or whatever. It probably won't add up. Like, how are we going to do this? But we need to find a way to make it happen. Like every human being, Mm -hmm. my own reasoning kicked in. Sure, of course. And I tried to figure out what that word meant. And then that's just how I reasoned it because it was weird and I didn't get it. That was April 2019, I believe. And then May 2019, I was headed out to my mailbox Out of the blue, I heard the word now. And in my spirit, the word now instantly connected with Mobay Beignet Company. It was like the way I'd heard Mobay Beignet Company that day Mm -hmm. in my kitchen, just out of the blue. That's the way I heard now. And I knew those two things connected. That now meant Mobay Beignet Company. Uh Uh-huh. And all you had is a name. That was it. Yeah. And the fact that you can make beignets. And a really good beignet recipe. (laughs) Yeah. And my syrups. I instantly was like, Lord, what do you mean to do? Mm -hmm. Like, what? I'm a photographer. I'm a full-time photographer. I'm a mom. Fast forward, I'm praying. I'm like, okay, Lord. And so I felt very impressed. Like, he was leading me to sell my beignet mix and to sell my syrups as a fundraiser to help raise money to send Kate Bethel, you know, my PR marketing brain. The first thing I did, I hopped on and I made a logo and I created my logo in less than an hour. I loved it, it was perfect. I was like, Blue, I want blue, mm. needs to be blue. And um, I said, So, okay, Lord, let's talk about the labels. What do you want the labels mm. on these products to look like? I had this picture pop in my mind of have you ever heard of Jones Soda Company? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, all of their labels. I have sweet memories connected to that. Yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah, because I was from a small town, and literally, like, there was a gas station that you could actually go, and, like, they had, like, the pop bottle opener. Like, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, it is crazy, but, yeah. So, I'm laying there, and I have this picture pop in my mind of Jones Soda Company. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, click. I knew in that moment, I'm a photographer. I have beautiful pictures of downtown Mobile that I've taken that are black and white. My labels on the Mobay Beignet Company products should be pictures that I have taken of Mobile. That's who I've been for 20 years. I've been a photographer. That brings that part of who I am into the company. Mm -hmm. And what better than pictures of Mobile for Mobay Beignet Company. So now I have a logo. I've got pictures I'm going to use for labels. Um, I need to find something to put my mix in. I need to find jars to put my syrup in. And the very end of May, the first week of June, I just got on my Facebook and Instagram page, my personal pages, and I I had taken pictures Mm -hmm. of the mix and of the uh, syrups, and I put it out there on the page, and I said, hey guys, 
um, I'm going to do a fundraiser to help send Kate off to school in California. I've got my Mobe Beignet Company mix and my <laughs> Mobe Beignet Company syrups, cinnamon and buttercream, and let me know if you want to buy some. And within 24 hours, Brooke with Dom Key Market in Mobile mm-hmm. reached out to me and she said, Hey, Jacqueline, I want these Mobe Beignet Company products on my shelves. It's going to be a hit. I had no idea what was coming. It blew up. And then this market wanted it. Then that market wanted it. And before you know it, my entire kitchen has become a, a Mo Beignet Company manufacturing <laughs> place where I'm like, my kids are like seeing all these bags, me making mick and all these bags and then the syrups and all this stuff. And it's like taking over our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly thinking, what are we doing? Lord, what are you doing? Why are we doing this? And I know my family was thinking, what is she doing? So you're selling to wholesale. You're doing all the thing. And you're like, this has got, something's got to change. And I'm driving around all over the place. And I'm like, I am ready to quit. It makes no sense to me. I know that I've been obedient. I know I've been, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I'm doing this because you said do it. It felt so strong to me. It felt like if I didn't, I was in disobedience. I remember going home after doing some deliveries, a lot of frustration. I'm standing in my kitchen. I've got receipts. I've got papers with numbers everywhere, math, calculations, all of these things. I'm figuring out profit loss. I'm looking at all this numbers and math. And out loud, I said, this does not add up. Chills. I remembered. I immediately went to my phone. I immediately searched for that recording. And had to listen to that prayer again. Wow. And his words were, I'm seeing numbers and I'm hearing the word math. And I'm hearing the words, it doesn't add up. Mm. And I feel like I'm supposed to encourage you to keep moving forward. (laughs) It's like, wow, couldn't be any more obvious. Like after I've said those words and it hitting me what I just said and what I'm doing in that moment. And feeling like this sense of just such awe and like freaked out a little. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh. Well, I can't quit. Hey, honey. I can't quit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, Lord, what's next? Mm-hmm. And I remember the part of the, of the word when he said, you know, entering a jazzy season. You know, I felt really strong. The next step was a brick and mortar. There needed to be a Mobay Beignet company in Mobile mm-hmm. that people went to to get hot, fresh, made-from-scratch beignets. Yeah, and for our friends outside of this area, mm-hmm. like, Mardi Gras originally started in Mobile. There's so much French culture that's attached mm-hmm. to it. Midwest girl, I mean, I learned a lot of that when I come to this house. So, like, the fact that there wasn't already, like, a... I get that all the time. Like, a beignet company. I um, all. And I, yeah, people were like, why hasn't anybody else done this? Why hasn't anybody else thought of this? And my response is... I truly believe the Lord was hiding it Yeah, for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he hides good things for us. He hides treasure for us. Yeah. And I believe he was hiding it for me. I looked around at several places. My gut said, it has to be downtown Mobile. Right. Like it has, you have to see the beads of Mardi Gras like hanging from the trees. There. <laughs> yeah. like the- and in my mind, I wasn't making the connection to beignets and Mardi Gras, like it never occurred to me because I was so detached yeah. from it, which to me just makes the story even cooler. Right. There was no preconceived ideas in my mind of a beignet shop in a Mardi Gras town, the birthplace of Mardi Gras, like it's going to be successful. All I knew was the Lord wanted me to make beignets. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I knew. And um, so, you know, we go downtown and we're looking around and I, I come up to this building, 451 Dolphin Street. It is 
is a beautiful yellow building that looks like something straight out of the French Quarter. And it has a for rent by owner sign in the window and it's vacant. And you look in, it's just all white walls and a couple of blocks from Cathedral Square. And it's a few blocks from like the other end of Dolphin where there's a lot of like, you know, restaurants. Yeah. So it's just kind of there. Nothing really around it. It's just, but it's a beautiful building. And I'm like, you know, know there's something about this place and so we call the number this man answers and he's the representative for the owner of the building and anyway he gets me on the phone with the owner to tell him about my company and he's instantly intrigued wow like this sounds pretty amazing and um, I said well you know let me look you know look into this whole thing I you know I should probably go down to the city you know the government office and talk to him about what it would look like to no, I'm a rookie. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm literally yeah. googling things along the way, going, "How do you open a restaurant? Yeah, how do I do that in the city? Do I need to fill out paperwork? Get some uh-huh. kind of license? What do I do?" And I remember going down to the planning department and giving them the address and telling them what I'm wanting to do. And I remember them saying. Well, that's going to be a change of occupancy, uh-huh. and that's not currently set up for food. It was a boutique prior to this. Basically, the short of it is it's going to be a lot more time and a lot more money yeah. if you go with this building. And so I remember leaving the planning department, going and sitting outside of my in my car outside of what is called Mardi Gras Park, mm-hmm. outside the government building. I'm sitting there in my car. I, I just prayed, and I said, Father... This is your company, again. Yeah. You are CEO through yeah. and through. I'm only doing this because you're telling me to do it. Like, I'm doing this for you. Like, he's hired me to be his manager or something. Like, to, like, <laughs> handle handle the paperwork. <laughs> Father, is 451 Dolphin Street where you want your company to be? Is it where you want my bay? And I said, because I felt really discouraged. I was like, this is going to take a lot more money. And this is going to take more time. This is 451 it. I back out, I pull up to the light at government, and in front of me is a car with one sticker mm-hmm. on the back, bottom left corner of the window, and all it is, is the number 451. Ooh, I sat yeah. there with my jaw dropped, going, is this really happening right now? Of all of the moments in time, that at that very second... If I had backed out of my parking space 30 seconds later, right. if I had gone left instead of right, that car to be there at that very moment, it was incredible. And I remember turning on government, staying behind the car, and having enough frame of thought to grab my phone Yeah. and snap a picture. Did you? I did. Oh, wow. So I got the picture, and it's on the story. <laughs> the car with a 451 sticker. And I just remember going, this is my answer. Yeah. It has to be this building. I talked to the owner of the building. I explained to him. I said, there's going to be a change of occupancy. I have to have a hood because I'm frying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doing a lot of frying. Which I didn't know. <laughs> uh, you know, just figuring it out. He said to me, Jacqueline, I don't know a lot, but I know that there's a God. And I know that this business is going to be successful. He said, I have plenty of people right now that I could just sign a contract with them, a lease agreement, and I could just start taking checks and that'd be it. And I never have to put a penny in that building. He said, but I don't want to do what's easy. I want to do what's right for the city of Mobile. And I believe the city of Mobile is going to want Mobay Beignet Company. And I want it in my building. He said, so you tell me what I need to do to help make Mobay Beignet Company a reality at 451 Dolphin Street. Oh my gosh. So he wrote a very handsome check 
to put a commercial kitchen hood in his building. And he lives in Atlanta. He lives in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, So it's a two-story building. There's an apartment upstairs, which is like a vacation home for him. And the the downstairs is Mobay. It is absolutely what you said of like, it reminds you of something like from the French Quarter, but also like, it's not, it's Mobile. You know, and Mm -hmm. there's so much space and room and it's like vintage, but at the same time, professional i just it's all the things that i like makes it what it is and like feels like just so home for the moment yeah you know it is it's truly incredible and it was october 2019 when i signed the lease i turned 40 that year Wow. It felt like... You do not look 40, by the way. Uh, man, I feel 40. <laughs> I feel much older than that. Especially after the past several years, it's been a wild one. Signed the lease, and I was like, 40th. You know, a lot of people go on big trips or have big parties for their 40th. I yeah. signed the lease on a contract to a business that I was like, what are we doing, God? Yeah. But... Um, Broke the bottle over the ship. Yeah. And it's cool because you think about Mobile, you think about the battleship. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't wow. think about it until later, you know, but yeah. And um, the jazzy feel. You think of New course, Orleans, You think all yeah. these things. And it's like, I know, I, I have to go back and I listen to that recorded prayer often to see is there something else that they said that I've that's happened and I'm like what else am I missing or what else yeah. should I be waiting for but I even love the fact that and you'll have to fill me in on like how to say this rest but I remember there, there's a part of like where you did your grand opening and it was like the lighting of downtown like for Mardi Gras like that was even crazy it was in full celebration it's like, insane yeah so I was hoping to be is the Mardi Gras tree right like yeah yeah it was the very first year that they did a Mardi Gras tree so um, I was really, really pushing and hoping to be open for Christmas, uh-huh. December 19. It didn't happen. There was just so much that had to be done. I had no idea how much goes in. All of the things that are involved with opening a food establishment. We crossed over into January mm-hmm. 2020. Um, it's finishing touches and it's looking closer and closer, you know, like, okay, it's going to be a February opening. And I'm like, okay, well, then I find out that February 6th is they're officially taking the Christmas tree downtown and making a Mardi Gras tree. So it ended up that February 6th, 2020 was the grand opening of Mobay Beignet Company. It was also the first official day of Mardi Gras with the lighting of the Mardi Gras tree downtown. So those two things coincided, but I actually did a soft opening on mm-hmm. February 2nd, 2020. So 2-2-2020. And that was my son's 13th birthday. Wow. And so we had a party on another day, but then his birthday was the soft opening. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool. So I had everybody that was invited to the soft opening bring him a balloon. I said, you have if you bring a balloon or a card... That's your entry fee. Love it. Like, so it. he was surprised because, you know, I never wanted it to take away from his 13th birthday. And even though he had had a party and all of that, yeah. that was the day. And birthdays are very special to me. It's significant. I believe in celebrating people. Mm-hmm. And what better day is there to celebrate a person than the day they were born? And so birthdays are a big Aww. deal to me. And even at Mobay, if you come to Mobay on your birthday, you get a, you know, a free three-piece and... Oh, wow, you really do go all out for your people. You know, I believe people should be celebrated. And so we did that, you know, coincided with the the soft opening to kind of, so he would feel celebrated. But a few days before that, a lady named Lynn Oldshoe, she has a page on Facebook called Our Southern Souls. Mm -hmm. She reached out to me um, to interview me about the company before opening. 
And uh, she came in, and I told her the story about 451 and how that yeah. whole thing, how the building came to be that we were in that space. And I told her the story, and um, the week of opening, she posted the story on her page, and a local woman commented on the story, and she solved a mystery of the sticker. She said that 451 sticker was for Officer Stephen Green. He was murdered in the line of duty seven years ago this week. The week of your grand opening. I knew the part that it was a fallen officer. I didn't know that it was a week. Yeah, the seven years that week, the, the week of our grand opening, seven years exactly. And she said wow. that was his number, 451. She said, it sounds like the Lord used a fallen officer's number to communicate with you that this is where he wants his company to be. That was extra sentimental for me because the past two fallen officers in Mobile, Officer Justin Billa and Officer Sean Tudor, I was the photographer who photographed their funerals. So the fact that the Lord used a fallen officer, his number to communicate to me Mm -hmm. about this building and that that building's number was his number, it just meant a lot to me. I do have a a heart, a huge soft spot for our first responders. And so to have been so emotionally connected at those funerals with the passing of those officers. So to have one that kind of feels like my own now, like yeah. like I have my own guardian angel that's 24-7 watching over right. this building, his number. Yeah, like cloud of witnesses for yes, sure. Yeah. You know, it was an incredible moment to discover that. February 25th, so a few weeks later, was Fat Tuesday, the first Fat Tuesday you know, for Mo Babe and Yay Company. But that also, I found out, would have been his 45th birthday. Gosh. Yes. So I reached out to his widow. I was going to ask you, have you been in all communication with their family? Yeah. So I reached out to his widow, told her the story of uh-huh. 451, and asked her, you know, would you be okay with me sharing this yeah. story on what would have been his birthday? Mm-hmm. Sharing the story with all of our followers on social media. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's become part of... Part of it, yeah. It's absolutely, it's a huge Which is part like, of it. honestly, your heart for adoption, like you've almost like adopted that, that family. Yeah, you yeah. know, they are definitely a, a Mobay family. Yeah. Like they are, they know, she, she won't do it. I tell her, I was like, you don't pay when you come in here. Yeah. <laughs> but she does. So I'm like, Valerie, stop. <laughs> but uh, she's funny. She's like, no, no, we love it here. We love it. We love it. I want to support you. I'm like, yeah, I want to bless you. So just come, please. Bless, you know? Yeah. So she was absolutely okay with me sharing the story. So on Fat Tuesday, you know, I made a post and I said, you know, it's a special day, but I'm not talking about Fat Tuesday. I'm talking about what would have been Officer Stephen Green's 45th birthday. And I told the story of 451 and I posted the picture of the van with a sticker mm-hmm. and I posted his picture, you know, of his gravesite and the picture of him with his family Mm-hmm. I know, me too. I know. <laughs> it's, just, hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to not yeah. get emotional about this. My and, my Chris is um he is uh when he worked, was in the navy like he does he does security work but he was a police officer in the navy and so like we love our people who absolutely in blue. yeah who, for sure who uh, put their lives on the line yeah. every day uh-huh. every day. I shared the story. It went viral. The mayor shared it. The mayor declared February 25th uh, beignet oh. day in the city of Mobile. <laughs> I love it so He much. gave me a, pro- I have like a framed, like a proclamation. Come that, you know, on. We have beignet day yeah. in the city of Mobile, February 25th. And it's also, you know, Officer Steve Green's birthday. It is a truly incredible story. So obviously, Mobile Beignet Company is exactly 
where it is supposed to be yeah. in downtown Mobile in the exact building, the exact address. Not even a year before, I'm standing in my kitchen making mixes and going, God, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then you see it. You know, before the doors to Mobay open, I walked that building and prayed, dedicated it to the Lord. And I just asked God, I said, you know, I'll get emotional. <laughs> I just pray that every soul that walks through the doors of that cafe, they're coming to get beignets and coffee. But I pray that what they get is your love and that they feel it. And that even if they can't put their finger on it, because maybe they don't know you, or maybe they've never experienced your love and truly felt it, that they'll know there's something here, something special, and that they would just, they would feel your love, every soul that comes through these doors. And so it's been my goal, it's been my heart to ensure that the atmosphere within the doors, within yeah. the walls of Mobay Beignet Company is an atmosphere of joy and love, that we are a light in the community, whether that's the customers or my staff, like my team members, that the culture is one that is life-giving. And, and if I could just sum Mobay Beignet Company up in one word, it would be joy. Yes, it just yes. brings people joy. Totally. You know, I've had many people comment on the fact that Mo Baby Yay Company opened in 2020. Yeah. 2020 will forever be known as the year of COVID-19, the global pandemic, when the whole world shut down. We were only open six weeks, almost six, yeah, six, almost seven weeks when I had to shut my doors. But those first weeks were so incredibly successful, in large part due because it happened during Mardi Gras, that the shutdown came as a a much needed relief for me in a lot of ways. Wow. I had been going on four to five hours of sleep per day. You know, I lived 35 minutes from the cafe and we were open seven days a week and it, and it was Mardi Gras. I was hitting that point of breakdown, exhaustion. Yeah. The week before everything happened, my husband had just left his job to come on full time. Oh my gosh. At Mobay. We just left yeah. that. And because this is going so amazingly well, I need help. And then a week later, the whole, we have to shut the whole thing down. It was so successful and so blessed that the eight weeks we were shut down were a time to rest. Mm -hmm. Let the Lord just restore, you know, restore me, restore my, (laughs) my energy, refocus, look at the big picture of, oh my gosh, look what the Lord has done. What do we need to do next? And so it was... The circumstances were horrible, but it was a welcome moment to push pause. And it was the right thing to do at the time. But then come May, it was time to open the doors back up. Because if Mobay Beignet Company was going to survive the shutdown, it had to be open. Because we had not been open long enough <laughs> to warrant it surviving. And, and, that, and honestly, it's just another incredible testimony of the faithfulness of the Lord and when his hand is in it, there's no, no, no man. He opens doors that no man can shut. Not only did we survive 2020, we thrived a year after being open. And honestly, it wasn't a full year because I opened in February. We were closed for two months and then Auburn just opened. So mm-hmm. to have a second location open. Yeah, second location. The world's been against you guys in some level with like the timing and even under two business. And now odds, you have a second location. Yeah. All odds stacked against us. And a second location is open. I have requests regularly now coming in for other potential locations. Oh my and gosh. It's just incredible. And many people will say, what were you thinking opening a business in 2020? Well, first of all, 
I had no idea, just yeah. like nobody else had an idea yeah. when I opened in February that that was right around mm-hmm. the corner. And it's a good thing I didn't know because if I had known, I wouldn't have opened. But the Lord said now, when he said now, for a reason. And he knew. And the truth is, if there's ever been a time where people, communities needed place that brings them joy, it's now. Absolutely. It's now. That's what Mobile Beignet Company does. It makes places sweeter. And, you know, the hashtag, you know, for Mobile is making Mobile sweeter. And now yeah. it's making Auburn sweeter. And, yeah. you know, I say I'm making America sweeter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one city <laughs> at so a time. I love we're gonna make We're going to make the world sweeter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, pun is intended. We are bringing an absolutely amazing dessert. Incredible it's so good. syrups. Great coffee. We are making places sweeter because what of what we're bringing in. But we're making communities sweeter because of the atmosphere yeah. we are creating within the walls of the cafe. The atmosphere that our team members are, are working in because of the standards we set. The experience the customers have. All that does is just trickle over out into the community yeah. after their visit to the cafe. You know, the team members go home. That atmosphere... It's contagious. Yes. You know, of joy and love and we're making places sweeter in more ways than one. This is my own experience of when I first came in. I had seen a table that someone had just left. And remember, this is first time beignet girl. So mm-hmm. like I saw this table like with napkins and like tons of powdered sugar. And I turned to my brother and I went, look at the mess. I was like, we are not doing that. I was like, we are going to come in and we are going to like, we're going to eat ours. Like, so, and then I didn't realize like how much sugar comes with the beignet. I followed suit. I did the exact same thing. I tried to clean up, but I was like, I said, we should never have judged those, those people who are eating. And I'll tell people, you know, when I'm in there, it's so fun. Don't worry about it. Just have fun. Yes. Enjoy it. Yeah. Do you have a fork? I'm like, don't eat with a fork eat with your fingers it's messy feel like a kid again just enjoy it you know and we'll clean up the mess behind you that's what we're here for Mm. y'all have so much space too i'm like you literally could have like date night study night kind of a makeshift birthday Mm -hmm. dinner like hang out like all kinds of bridal showers all kinds of stuff have gone on you know has gone on there lots of little birthday parties and it is it's a bigger location Mm -hmm. um it's definitely more of a a come in sit down i want it to feel a little bit like a throwback to a simpler time when we weren't in such a rush come in sit down wait on having a you know a made from scratch product just for you yeah you know, listen to some great music i've got a great playlist i'm, I'm you know back to the music the lover in me mm-hmm. um but uh yeah a place where people can just come in and sit down and enjoy something great with with friends or family and uh the auburn location has the same vibe the same feel all of it but it's smaller so it has a little bit more of a quick service but there's a bar back uh along the back wall mm-hmm. there's a few tables in the front there's bars in the windows few you know tables outside but um it is smaller i'm going so my in-laws live in montgomery and so Mm -hmm. next time we're up there i'm like we're going up like we're all gonna go see it i'm so excited well i yeah i hope you do and then i want you to let me know what your experience is like there too (laughs) so you know i'm gonna have to uh i feel so protective of mo baby nay company and what the lord has given me absolutely so that has been a stretch for me um in the area of trust Mm. to go okay yeah I know that the Lord is saying, this isn't just going to be in one spot, Jacqueline, and you can't be in more than one place at a time. Yeah. So I have to trust that the Lord is bringing 
the right people into my life and into Mo Baby Company to lead other locations well. Yeah. And with that same heart, that same vision. So I'll probably end up having to have like a brand ambassador or somebody that like secret shopper. Like, go check that location. Were they sweet? That's were the, were so the employees funny. sweet? Was the food sweet? Was everything good? That's so funny that like mm-hmm. you said that because I'm like maybe like for mm-hmm. wonder if one day we will see you on like undercover boss. Like I'm serious, <laughs> like you never know. Yeah. I will totally change my identity for a day <laughs> just to like go and go, guys, we're not sweet enough <laughs> for these people. Uh, if you you do not have to answer this, but if you could pick one city that would, you know, that you would potentially be like, man, I'd love to see Mobe Beignet make it to the city. Do you have one ever in mind? I can't pick one because there's so many I have on my heart uh-huh. and mind right I'm now. I'm even thinking like outside of Alabama. Like if okay, just anywhere. anywhere. Huntsville, that's got to happen. That's my yeah. hometown. Yes. You know. I it, hope that happens. Like Huntsville, hear us out. Yeah. Yeah. Huntsville's got to happen. That's my hometown. Talking about just Alabama, I'd love to see one in like the, the Hoover or Mountain Brook area, like in yeah. Birmingham. Um, oh yeah, Birmingham. I feel like that's an obvious. Like yeah, I feel like that. Sure. Is there any you other know, city that's kind of like? I'd love to near? see one in Nashville. I'd love to see one in Savannah. I'd love to see uh-huh. one in Georgia somewhere. Maybe you yeah. know who knows. Maybe you know the uh, UGA area, like Auburn. Mm-hmm. So I think it would do really well in university towns. Obviously Tuscaloosa. Yes. I can't leave them out. Roll Tide. Yeah. So I think it would do well. You know, around Ole Miss, maybe Mississippi. Yeah, Hattiesburg. Uh, University of Southern Mississippi, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Call it out. I hope Uh, they're listening. (laughs) And uh, I've actually got a few other states that are quite a bit further away that are already reached out to me. I'm in discussions, yeah, with some of them already. Man, we'll we'll be praying about that for you. Please do. You know, and I 100%... I just have to know that the Lord's hand is in it, Mm. no matter where it ends up, because it's about so much more than just a franchise. Okay, which that is done really well, by the way. You're, I know that that is the marketing and everything in you, but like the um, logo mixed with like everything flows so well. His fingerprint is just all over it. There's just not much I can take credit for because he has just led me the whole way because it's his. That's just how I feel. I just take my stewarding of it very seriously. Yeah. Um, but it's bringing me so much joy and so much and just so many blessings and it's opening doors. I don't know. Have you heard... That song uh, that's out right now, it's, I think, Elevation and Maverick City Music, Miracles on Miracles. Mm-hmm. A Million Little so. Miracles. Yeah. So after this podcast, go to YouTube, <laughs> go look it up and play it. Those so are it, two of my favorite groups. I'm so shocked if I uh, haven't heard it. Yeah. it. I think it just released. I think. Okay. Uh, the we'll summer. add it in the show notes for, our, for everyone. Go listen to that. It's like my anthem right now, I kind of oh. feel like. Between that, I think it's Josh Baldwin, Evidence, the anthem. I'm, I'm just constantly being blown away. The Lord is continually bringing the right people yeah. into my path, whether it's to be team members at MoBay or managers at MoBay or potential location owners mm. at MoBay for a new MoBay. I just know that His plan is always bigger than ours. Yeah. So what I thought was packaging up some mix sets and some syrups <laughs> for a fundraiser became something much bigger yeah, and much more special 
than I ever could have imagined. When I prepared for this, I was like asking the Lord to like highlight something through his word. And I felt like this may be significant to you. It may not, but like, I really feel like it's a good reminder of like Ephesians 3.20 where it says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. And like, I mean, that's like Paul's encouragement writing from prison, but like it still challenges us, but also like God's still doing that today through your story yes. and so much. And so I'm honestly more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I honestly like him can't even believe that you like made time for this. I'm truly honored. Like every time someone comes on the show and allows me to like just extend it by even like a tiny little centimeter. I hold that so heavy and to know that this is like an extension of you and who your story is. Jacqueline, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you because this is what it's about ultimately. And so being given the opportunity Hmm. to tell the story and to testify of his faithfulness, be given the opportunity to inspire others. You know, I had a review come in recently from Obey. The lady said, I read the stories on the wall every time I come in. And every time I come in, I'm inspired. Uh And I was like, yes, thank you. That's what this is about. I want people to be inspired to know he spoke to me. He wants to speak to you too. He led me. He wants to lead you too. He had a plan and a purpose for me. He has a plan and a purpose for you too. So I want people to be inspired by that and to know that. Every opportunity I'm given to tell the story is another opportunity I'm given to point back to him and to give him the glory for what he's done because it wasn't me. The The only... Credit I get is just in my surrender, in my willingness to be considered foolish, (laughs) you know, to do something that seems crazy, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I I was looked at as crazy when I married a man and adopted four children. Mm. I was looked at as crazy when I picked up and moved to Mobile. I was looked at as crazy when I opened a beignet shop. Do you know, there's a lot of times the Lord calls us to do something looks a little crazy but you know the word says that his thoughts aren't our thoughts that's that right his ways aren't our ways and the word says that he uses the things of the foolish to confound the wise yeah. and we have to get to a point in our walk with christ that we realize if we truly follow the road he tells us to take it's probably not going to make much sense to us but if we trust him through it if we're willing to obey him, he has something truly beautiful on the other side that we can't even imagine. Pastor Jacqueline, can we have you back? Pastor Jacqueline? <laughs> like, you are a teacher. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. That's you know, so good. I don't know about that. No, you are but, definitely. Uh, oh my yeah. gosh. That is like absolutely amazing. Like, man, I'm literally just like nodding my head, like soaking it all up because it's true. Like, I need so, those reminders so much. Please. I do too. And that's why I share it because I, I have to remind myself. <laughs> yeah. Can we have you back? Please I come, would back. Love to I'm, come back. I'm so excited to like have like an official beignet company of the podcast that we can like follow and like support and love on and man thanks so much for like being a part of this last question because the podcast is called still with you it comes from psalms 139 19 that just says like and when i wake up i'm still with you and that you know just that's talk about things i need to be reminded of like that's the name of the show because i have to remember that god just doesn't leave you know he doesn't leave me so i was wondering you can answer this however you feel where is god still with you in everything everywhere 
each and every moment. He's with me as I'm walking it out daily with, with Mo Beignet Company. He's with me as I'm deciding where the next location will be, who my next team member will be. He's still with me as I'm being a mother to yeah. my children and a wife to my husband. He's still with me in that, in just in his, that still small voice, that silent place as I'm on my drive from Mobile to Pensacola. And now when I'm about to head back to Mobile, like he's, he's still with me and he never left. Yeah. And now he's, as a new homeowner. And now I'm a new <laughs> I'm homeowner. I'm so, so excited for y'all. I just closed on my new house last week. And I tell you, when I tell you he picked my house, mm-hmm. it was like he cornered us. Oh, I love it. It was like he said, no, not this house. This one. This is the one you, your heart wants. Mm-hmm. I already know. This is the one your heart wants. This is the one your family wants. And the way it happened, I had no choice but to get the house because we were going to be homeless. Yeah. Because the house we were about to close on fell through because of an unknown lane on the home. Yeah. That we were closing on the home we lived in. We moved into a hotel for a week. It's like the Lord trapped us. Yeah. Into an amazing blessing. And just that, talking about just the feeling, that extravagant love of God. Mm-hmm. It was like he said, no, only the best. Yeah. And he trapped us in it. Because he, he knew I wouldn't have done it. Um, I'm way too, I've got too much of my mama <laughs> in me. I'm way too frugal. Well, you yeah. are doing such a good job of everything that you have that you are stewarding, sharing. I stand with you and firmly agree. Like when God like yeah. that, he gives the best. So I just can't thank you enough. My heart feels so full. It literally Maybe feels so too. full, like powdered sugar full. <laughs> so powdered sugar beignet full. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, thank you it. so okay. much, Jacqueline. Awesome. Thank you. If you have never enjoyed a homemade beignet before, friends, this is your moment. If you are located in the South, you have opportunities for this in Mobile, Alabama, Auburn, as Jacqueline said. And since Jacqueline and I spoke, Mobe Beignet is moving into Tuscaloosa. Our hopes is that Nick Saban himself will be having a beignet one day. I am so excited for the extension of this amazing business. Is Jacqueline not incredible? Her heart for Jesus and people is amazing. No wonder Mobe just continues to grow and help local communities. If you are interested in being a part of bringing Mobe Beignet Company to your town, do contact Jacqueline. You can find more information through the official Mobe Beignet Company website by going to mobebeignet.com. You can also find the business on social media. I have all of the links and ways that you can connect with Jacqueline and her team through my website, coleybrowning.com. Look for the episode 99 show notes page. You'll find all of this and more. And if you are outside of the Southern region, you can still enjoy the beignet experience by shopping online at mobebeignet.com. It's so much fun to try something new every time I visit Beignet, And I am so excited for you all, my friends, to go and enjoy your own bag of beignets. Please tag myself, Jacqueline Beignet Company. We want to see you covered in powdered sugar, having the best time of your life. And before we go, I want to thank our friend Gabrielle Grace, as always, for sharing her music with us. This is her song, We'll Be Alright, from her latest EP. If you would like to connect with her, you can visit her website, gabriellegracemusic.com, or you can find her on social media at Gabrielle Grace Music. We're always so thankful for her generosity and sharing her incredible work with us. And if you ever need to reach me, you can find me on social media as well. My handle is Coley Browning, or you can visit my website, coleybrowning.com. I would love to speak with you and encourage you 
anything that I can do, please just let me know. As I mentioned earlier, we are celebrating our 100th episode. Before we put that out, every eighth week we have a intentional week of rest that we honor, Extra Ice, where we share simply God's word. Prior to releasing the 100th episode and all of the funds that week, we are going to be taking a week of rest to honor the rhythm that CEO God has placed on the podcast of every eighth episode we take a week of rest. So next week you're going to be getting extra ice. Following that we have our 100th episode with a returning guest, secret project reveal, as well as so many other fun things. So you do not want to miss out on that. Subscribe to the show, set a notification, do what you gotta do because you want to join in on all the fun. Until next time, run out, grab a beignet, and thank Jacqueline for being on the show. And thank you so much for taking a moment out of your week to listen. Be bold, be brave, be you. And remember that he is still with you. 